AAA members enjoy exclusive rates and benefits with Hertz. Plus, join the Hertz Gold Plus Rewards program to unlock even more perks. So whether it's a family road trip or rental for your weekend getaway, book and save today at AAA.com slash Hertz. Let's go! Just a few hours south of Miami, there's a Caribbean island that's calling your name. It's covered in lush rainforest, surrounded by stunning turquoise waters, and has just about every brand of beach vibe you could wish for. The scent of sea air competes only with the mouthwatering smell of roasted pork being served up by street food vendors. It's the proud birthplace of hip hop artist Bad Bunny and home to one of the most festive, fun-loving cultures you'll find anywhere. Today, Jessica Vando de Jesus, AKA the Dining Traveler, is here to take us on a tour through her magical island homeland of Puerto Rico. Jessica, welcome to the show. I'm excited to introduce you to our Traveling with AAA family. Welcome. Thank you, Angie, for having me on. I really appreciate it. You have a really interesting background. Travel has been a part of your personal life, your professional life. You've been able to see the world through the Marine Corps. Was there one experience where you realized that you wanted travel to be a part of your life forever? I grew up in in Puerto Rico, like this tiny island. Yes, it's fun to go there on vacation, but when you live there, you're on an island. (laughs) So as a kid, I remember watching those Nat Geo nature shows and fantasizing about traveling. Then after my freshman year of college, I joined the Marines and with the hope to, to get to see the world. And my first duty station after I graduated from college, I uh, became an officer and went to Okinawa, Japan. So that opened a whole different di- dimension of travel for me. What was it like growing up in Puerto Rico? What's a day in the life there? I grew up in a small town called Guayama and it's on the southern coast. We spent a lot of time on the beach. We spent a lot of time road tripping on the weekends. My dad had like this huge 1978 Ford LTD, a huge car. And we would just like cruise around the island on the weekends. As a kid, you're like, ah, that's so boring. Like, you know, I want to play with my friends and now I have to visit some relative an hour away. But now I look back and I'm like, yeah, that was a pretty cool childhood. Now you're like, yeah, people pay big money to go ride around in vintage cars on tropical (laughs) islands, right? That's very expensive (laughs) to do now. Yes. Well, where did you guys go? My dad left Puerto Rico in in the 50s, and he was like one of the first Latino families to end up in Rochester, New York. So he built this network of not only family, but friends that being Puerto Rican were U.S. citizens. So a lot of folks moved back and forth. So he had like friends everywhere. So it was like oh, I have a friend that opened a restaurant here. Like, let's go and visit him or by the beach or we're going to go to my aunt's house that's right outside San Juan or we're going to go to the other side of the island. A lot of restaurants focusing on roasted pork, La Ruta de Lechon, for those who are probably familiar with that. So we used to do that like once a month. That was like one of my dad's things. Like, we're going to go and eat roasted pork on the weekends. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I want to talk about Hurricane Maria. It was 2017, September, worst time of the year for the Caribbean. You just never know what's going to come storming off the coast of Africa. Yes, absolutely. I was not personally there in Puerto Rico. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. But 
What was very intense was the level of destruction and just being uncommunicated. You're trying to reach your family, you're trying to reach your friends, you can't hear from anybody. In 1988, we survived Hurricane Hugo, and I was 10 years old then. But I just remember just being trapped in our house and seeing just stuff flying. And then the day after the hurricane, we go to our backyard, and there's an actual shed house. It just blew away, and it ended up in our in our yard, and we were never able to find the owner. So it just, like, stood there for years. So it was like a real surreal experience. And there was like no water, no electricity. This was the 80s. So, you know, it must have been for months. They really can change the landscape of the island, change the businesses, change the people, change the population. So what can you tell us about how the island is recovering? Because I think if you haven't been there or if you haven't lived through a hurricane, especially a really bad one, you might not realize how difficult it is to recover. And especially as an island, right? The economic impact was significant, estimated to be around $100 billion, and thousands of lives were lost. But there's been a pretty impressive recovery effort, too. I actually read that the economic impact of tourism hit $129.5 million in the spring of 2023, which is 16% higher than the year prior and 57% higher than 2021. So I think it says a lot about the spirit of Puerto Ricans and their commitment to help the tourism industry not only recover, but truly thrive. There was like this collective PTSD from a lot of the folks that survived the hurricanes. But one thing that I believe, even in like the worst situations, like natural disasters, wars, positive things can occur. And for me, what I've noticed is that a lot of people that are from the Puerto Rican diaspora, like that have lived there and moved to the, to the U.S. or overseas have come back and have brought some of the things that they've learned from living abroad to Puerto Rico and kind of changed that landscape of hospitality. I feel that there's more creativity at the moment when it comes to restaurants, hotels. So that's one interesting perspective. It's awful what happened, but I'm glad to see people are coming back and doing new things with it, you know, just finding a fresh start. Puerto Rico is a tropical island, and that means you can travel in many seasons. Is there a high and low season, and what should people think about when booking a trip? There used to be a high and low season. The high season was December to May, and then you had like the summer months. But I went with my family last summer, and I was like, oh, wow, these are like high season prices. So I think this has to do with the pandemic and people kind of returning to travel or people that were hesitant with traveling. And there was a boom in 2021. Again, in 2022, we've seen record numbers for tourism. So I'm hoping for my own personal good that it goes down come next year. I hope I can take my family (laughs) there for the summer. But I would say November, it's a great time to go because it's the end of the hurricane season. It's always going to be hot, but it's great because you can go swimming anytime you want. It's kind of like this cusp of the Christmas season and Puerto Ricans take Christmas very seriously. We have like the longest Christmas season in the world. We start around the week of Thanksgiving because obviously being a U.S. territory, a lot of people observe Thanksgiving and it goes on to like mid-January. So if you ever have the opportunity to go, it's super lively. Like they're playing music, they're having a good time. 
It's so true. Puerto Ricans will party. Yes. <laughs> especially if you get them together. Like you can find the group of them because they are having the best time. Yes. <laughs> out of anybody. They're having the best time. Puerto Ricans usually clap when they land in Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's not just, oh, the plane landed. We're happy. That's we're home. Yes. We're back. They're so happy to be back on the island. And I think that that's one of the things that makes me the most proud of, of being Puerto Rican is that regardless of what life throws at us, we find a way to be happy, to have fun and have a party. Like my husband being from the Netherlands, he's always making fun of me because he's like, oh, you're always trying to make a party of something. I'm like, yes, it's my cat's birthday. I'm gonna have a party. <laughs> And now the AAA Travel Minute, presented by Hertz. Let's go. Nobody can predict flight delays, but with a little planning, you can prevent them from derailing your vacation. For instance, if you book a direct flight, there's no connection to miss. Many travelers find that having peace of mind is worth spending a little extra money. Some travelers will even leave from their second closest airport, if it means getting a direct flight. When that's not possible and you must connect, be sure to leave plenty of time between legs. And remember, airline search engines can return options with layovers as short as 45 minutes. Yikes. Being savvy about when you fly helps too. According to tracking site FlightAware, the first flight of the day is less likely to be canceled or delayed. And weekdays typically have more alternative flights available, should the worst occur. Of course, cancellations and delays are a fact of life. So always be prepared. A AAA travel advisor can help you plan and book your trip and can help make changes if anything goes awry. This AAA Travel Minute was presented by Hertz. Let's go. Do you think Puerto Rico is getting so much more tourism because people finally figured out like it's right there? It's so close, but it's like a world away. It's totally different. After the hurricane, obviously, there was a lot of media focused on Puerto Rico, like I have my platform, Dining Traveler, but I'm also a, a freelance travel writer. And I would pitch stories about Puerto Rico and people were just not interested or they would just write about only like El Junque or um, Old San Juan and, and the local voices weren't really taken into account. I think that people just genuinely wanting to, to help and to see Puerto Rico. I think the music also, you know, now Bad Bunny is the, the most streamed oh, yeah. artist in the world and I think it's super. It's super interesting to see how also music makes people curious about a place. And, you know, obviously the evenings, the nightlife, there's La Placita and Santurce, which is very popular with locals and tourists. That is a farmer's market that, of course, Puerto Ricans are like, yes, that's our party outside the farmer's market. <laughs> and there's a, lot, there's a lot of great live music. There's restaurants, very lively. And that also is lively, like from Thursday night to Sunday night. I love La Factoria to, for drinks in, in Old San Juan. And that, that one is also one that you see a little bit of everything. You see tourists, you see locals. If you go all the way, and it has like different bars within the bar. So if you go all the way to the back, that's where they play live salsa music if you're a salsa dancer. And also in a lot of the hotels, especially like the big hotels like the Marriott and the Intercontinental, on the weekends they'll also have salsa bands if you're a salsa dancer. And it has kind of, especially like El Hotel San Juan is uh, in Isla Verde, it has kind of like that old school feel and they'll have like a live band and people get dressed up. A lot of locals go there as well. So there's like a little bit of, of everything for every taste, whether you're like more chill, whether you like to dress up, there's definitely a lot to do. So whether you're a Bad Bunny fan 
or a Lynn Manuel Miranda fan. Yes, then there is there's something. something for you everywhere. I <laughs> think I'm more of a Lynn Manuel Miranda kind of person myself. But yeah, do you feel like those two have shown Puerto Rico in a whole new way to like a new generation? Absolutely. And I think that it also shows the contrast, right, of Bad Bunny born, raised in Puerto Rico. Like he has that very like island vibe. He's young and he's doing the stuff that, that the young people do and go to La Placita, go outside, go to the beach. And then Lin Manuel represents that diaspora culture, you know, people that have grown up in New York or in the US, in the continental United States, but they have this affinity to Puerto Rico, even if they haven't grown up there, but that they still feel very, very much Puerto Rican. I always say Puerto Rican culture is, is not a monolith. I think everybody thinks, oh, you're going to get there. It's going to be like West Side Surrey, where it's going to be like dancing salsa. But yes, but people love to dance, but there's also a big alternative music scene. There's a rock scene, so there's there's a little bit for everybody. You've written about being a weekend warrior, encouraging people to think of Puerto Rico as a great destination for a long weekend because it's so easy to get to from Florida, Dallas, Atlanta, all the hubs, right? Anywhere on the East Coast. When I lived in D.C., it was like three hours and a half to get there. So it's it's a perfect getaway. So what would you suggest people do? Say they've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. What do they do in Puerto Rico with that amount of time? Old San Juan for me is a place that never gets old. Going to El Morro, which is UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's actually one of the oldest cities in the New World. There's so much history there. The houses are very Instagrammable, like they're they're beautiful, uh, colorful. And I think that that shows, you know, a little bit of that Caribbean spirit as well. So that's something I definitely recommend. I definitely recommend, especially if you're going like on a Saturday afternoon, Friday afternoon is going to the mountains of Puerto Rico and experiencing the food culture there. Whether it's going to Guavate, which is a region where they have the street that sells just roasted pork. There's some other regions too in the center of the island, especially because that area of Guavate can get quite crowded, but there is another road in Ciales, Morovis, Orocovis. So that whole center of Puerto Rico is just like filled with restaurants and different places. And those are usually very popular, like Fridays to Sundays. Is there a place to go to avoid crowds and get that relaxed tropical holiday, maybe like you used to have with your family? in the big car? I love going to the southwest coast of Puerto Rico. There's a town called Cabo Rojo. It's just like such a chill vibe. It almost feels like nature's a swimming pool and the restaurants are chill. It's just completely different from like the hustle and bustle of San Juan. And there's two habited islands called Vieques Culebra off the east coast. And they're a bit challenging to get there. Either you have to go there by ferry and the ferry, uh, I always tell people, I'm like, Yes, it is cheap, but you get what you pay for too (laughs) in terms of operations. But there's also flights that will take you there. But once you're there, especially if you're traveling on a weekday, like there's beaches that you can have to almost to yourself. So a few summers ago, I went with my family, like we rented a a Tubiecas, we rented a little golf cart and several beaches. We were like the only people there, which is pretty awesome. There's nothing like having a beach to yourself, especially a gorgeous Caribbean one with clear water and white sand. Is it white sand there? The East Coast, yeah, it has like those white sandy beaches. 
there's a black sand beach, Playa Negra, and it's a bit challenging getting there because you have to like really hike these like little paths. And so it's super special when you get there. Do people usually rent cars? Is that the easiest way to get around? I feel that a lot of people are hesitant to rent cars, but I always advise folks to to rent cars just so you can have that true Puerto Rican experience. If you drive in Florida, like you're gonna be fine in Puerto Rico, like don't worry about it. Is there something that's kind of under the radar that people don't necessarily know about, but you think everyone should? Puerto Rico has the third largest underground cave system in the world. There's different tours that actually like take you out. It was amazing because I went rappelling and then we like rappelled down to the cave and then we had to like swim from one side of the cave to the other. So um, for folks that are active, like that is for me something that I really, really enjoyed. And you get to see nature in a completely different perspective. We all wore our little hats with the light and, you know, teach the kids about like the rock formations. So you can do it kind of like in a chill way, like with little kids, or you can do it like in the full on, like I'm going to rappel and jump off like cliffs inside of <laughs> inside of a cave and swim. And-, and afterwards, you feel like you are Indiana Jones, like you have conquered the world, right? And the coolest thing is that there's a town like 30 minutes away from the main entrance of Las Cuevas de Camuy called Lares, and they have like one of the most unique ice cream shops in Puerto Rico. They probably have like 40, 50 different types of ice creams. Puerto Ricans, you know, we love our tropical fruits, so you'll get uh, like these mango sorbet or passion fruit, but you can even get like these very niche, uh, <laughs> like uh, garlic ice cream, rice and beans ice cream, which I think is more like, oh, you know, for, for the notoriety, but it is fun. Like I love corn ice cream. Like that's really popular in Puerto Rico with a little dash of cinnamon. You can reward yourself for your hard work uh, with an ice cream and lattice. And I don't know about you, but I am all in with subbing lunch for a scoop of corn ice cream and a scoop of rice and beans ice cream. It sounds strangely delicious. And since ice cream is the perfect way to end a meal, I think it's a sweet way to wrap up today's episode. Be sure to join us for next week's mini episode because Jessica will be telling you everything you need to know about Puerto Rican food and sharing her favorite local spots to eat. Jessica Van Dope de Jesus, thank you for joining us. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. I'm Angie Orth. Thank you for traveling with AAA.